Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Person of Interest with me, Natalie Jones. Once again, thank you so much to everybody who has been liking and following along to everything. Like, subscribe, share, do all those things, you know? This week we have Aaron Bly. I love Aaron Bly. So I met him through work. We are colleagues, but then we became friends. So he works here in Cincinnati, Ohio for the Cincinnati Association for the, for the Blind and Visually Impaired. That's the CABVI. And them and WKRQ, Q102, the radio station I work for, are really great friends. So they already had this relationship before I came on board. And then I got to join it. And now I get to work with Aaron all the time. So let me tell you, when I asked him to come on Person of Interest, he was like, Nat, Why? Why am I doing this? Oh, my God. I'm so not interesting. La-di-da-di-da. I'm like, okay. We're about to let you shine. You don't even know, Aaron. I think this man is incredibly interesting. He has lived so many different lives, and he's so modest about it. And I mean it, and I say it in the interview, but I mean it. He is the most professional human being I've ever met. Sets the bar very, very high, which me, I need some help with that, so I love that. Aaron is a great guy. The CABVI is doing so much for for Cincinnati, and what I love that he brings his artistic touch to the whole organization and really brings it together with a smile on his face. And he's just freaking wonderful. You know when you love people and you want everybody else to love them as much as, I, as, much as you do? That's how I feel about Aaron. Everybody, enjoy. Yeah. Um, well, Aaron Blay, you are the VP of Community Relations and Chief Development Officer at the CABVI, which is the Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired, currently. Now, I asked you to come on um, this podcast, and you were like, why? Aaron, you have the most impressive resume I have ever seen in my entire life. That's way too flattering. And I am not the first person who's told you that. There's no way. That's way, way There's too no flattering. There's no way. So I, okay, I'm just going to read off a couple of these things, okay? And it'll take me way too long, so I'll have to go in before and after, of the preface and then what's it called afterwards in order to get everything in, Aaron, because let's see. I cannot wait to learn more about your life just because I just really want to know more. But see, so you started off at your manager of customer relations at UDF and then you went to Cincinnati Bell and then you were what is global lead management consulting? Um, that was sort of a part time gig. Uh, when I was at Cincinnati Bell, we Back in the day, we went through some major diversity and inclusion initiatives. And um, Global Lead at the time was the organization that we worked with on those initiatives. And so okay. ultimately, I ended, I ended up sort of being trained by them as a consultant around that area of diversity and inclusion. I mean, and so yeah. Okay. And then you were Director of Community Affairs and Facility Operations for Mercy Health in Western Hills, Regional Director of Business Development for Mercy Health Division of Regional Marketing Sponsorships, Director of Physicians Development, Adjunct Professor at Cincy State. I cannot wait to hear more about this. Executive Director at the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America and the Regional Executive Director, Senior Corporate Relations Officer at the um, American Red Cross. And now you're the VP of Community Relations and Chief Development Officer at the CABBI, which is how I know you through there. So you have led. I, what I love about you is you really connect, and I've just always really, really liked you. And I am the least professional person I know. And I've always had jobs like this or jobs that were fun or some sort of like, you know, HR thing or I'm on the mic making inappropriate jokes, kind of, you know? <laughs> and you are seemingly to me the complete opposite of that. And I just want to know more about you. So you are from Cincinnati. Correct. Born and raised. Where? West Side. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm a West Sider. Where are you from on the West Side? Uh, well, originally Mount Healthy. 
Okay. Uh, and then when I got married, we moved to North College Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we moved out to Harrison when my children were really small, um, kind of go out in the quote unquote country mm-hmm. to get that sort of country living, which isn't so much country now. Yeah. Um, about 20 years ago. So, I love yeah. that. I love um, being from the West Side. I'm from White Oak. Right. And Harrison isn't too far, and it was country to us when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And um, now, at the time, I didn't appreciate it, but now I really do. Yeah. Really, really do. So how many kids do you have? Two. And Two. what are their names? Uh, Ian is my oldest. He's 27. Mm-hmm. And Gage is my youngest. He's 24. Oh, nice. I must say, I have, um, I think I've only met Gage. Yes, probably, yeah. yeah. He's a handsome kid. Yeah. You got some good-looking boys there. Yeah, thank you. Thank it, you. Was we it ever? So. Was it a handful it was challenging at times. Yeah. <laughs> it was a challenging at times. I mean, they were definitely and still definitely are polar opposites. And oh. so they're three years apart, which, um, you know, same parents, same house, same household, um, same educational environment, and just so very different and, wow. and still are. Yeah. I can't. Um, well, I mean, I'm, obviously you guys support thoroughly. Do both of them live in Cincinnati? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My older son, uh, uh, he actually lives right over in Newport. And then hmm. my younger son is in grad school up in uh, at Messiah University in Pennsylvania. Mm-mm. But, yeah, he calls our house home still, obviously. Oh, great. So, yeah. Okay. What's Messiah University? It's a it's a private Christian college. He um, graduated last year from Wilmington with his undergrad in education and a minor in coaching. He's a baseball player. Oh, cool. And started looking for another opportunity and saw this grad assistant opening in the baseball department of athletics for Messiah and applied for it and out of 29 oh. kids was selected. And so, Congrats. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a great experience for him. We were just talking to him last night. They won their game yesterday. So he was, he was Heck happy. Yeah. You know, he's happy when they win and not happy when they lose, yeah, but how um, it goes. he'll be home in May for a couple of weeks. And then he's going to work up there in Pennsylvania most of the summer doing some baseball clinics and camps and stuff over the summer. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. We were talking earlier. I was a coach at one point in my oh, life, yeah. and it was like my favorite job I ever had. He loves it. He, he's loved loving it. it. I mean, if baseball yeah. is but with him, baseball has been our lives since he was uh, five. And so really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You're almost year-round. Were you guys almost one of those round. select teams and on trips? Yes. Devoted parents. What team yes. did he play for? He played for the – well, he played for the Mustang. When he was younger, he played for the Bulldogs out okay. in Harrison. Then when that um, they got to a certain age and that sort of disbanded, he needed to find another team. So mm-hmm. he played for the Mustangs. So that was the travel team okay. that we played for. He played for them summers um, and then turned around and played fall ball as well. Yeah. So we literally were playing ball almost year round for years and years and years. Wow. And years. So the Mustangs. So being from the West Side, my brother played for JTM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think because they had started. I don't know if they're still around or whatnot. Yeah, I think they are. Um, yeah. Harrison. I was a competitive player as well. I played on two softball teams back in the day. Oh. Harrison just creamed all of us. Okay, I never played select softball, but I played select uh, like soccer and volleyball. Couldn't do all of them, you know, whatever. But yeah. Harrison creamed. Y'all take it. Pretty, I mean, pretty it's, aggressive. It's pretty, really yeah, pretty aggressive teams out there. Yeah. Real talent. Yeah. Like for yeah. real talent. You guys aren't messing yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. So, there's some talent. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I'm really happy for him. That's so great. You guys supported him and everything. Oh, and like, yeah. okay. So. Um, how many siblings do you have? I just have one sister who you've, who you've met. Mm-hmm. She's the one that does the folk art paintings on yeah. Um, yeah, reclaimed wood uh-huh. and is doing really well. So just her and I. That's it. And then so where did you go to college? What was that like for you? Um, I or, did or, my, what about high school first? Yeah, Mount Healthy. Okay. Yeah. And then I did my undergrad work at Xavier. Okay. And I did my graduate work at UC. 
Right. And then when did you go to Boston College? Um, I did that while I was working at Cincinnati Bell. I was sent up there. It was a year long program. Like every quarter, I spent a couple weeks up there uh-huh. to go through that uh, community relations certification program at Boston College. Okay. So did you want, so what did you study in school? My undergrad was marketing, mm-hmm. and then my graduate degrees in communications. Did you th- did you know that because you've worked your entire professional career, you've been in relations and in um, for the most part nonprofit yes work. Yeah. Did you always want to do that? You know, it's it, I I tell people all the time. You know, community relations, fund development. Most people, well, now now it now you can actually study that. Yeah. Um, back when I was making those career decisions. Um, a lot of my peers and friends that I've stayed in contact with, you sort of kind of fell into that area. Uh-huh. You know, when I when I got out of college and and uh, applied for my first quote unquote big boy professional job, I landed at Cincinnati Bell, which is obviously a for profit company. Uh-huh. But my position there was director of community affairs, and so I did all, all, all. I basically represented the organization and was the face of the organization out in the community. So my job was to work with Cincinnati Public Schools, uh, the Fine Arts Fund at the time, now Arts Wave, um, United Way. So really to to be out there working as a as a sponsor as a community partner with these major non for profit organizations. So in doing that, um, you know, I joined a couple boards. But we you know, way back when I was on the Cincinnati Youth, Youth Collaborative Board. Um, I worked a lot back when the National Underground Road Freedom Center was being conceptualized before it was even in play. Yeah, um, and did a lot of did a lot of things with the School for Creative and Performing Arts. So I knew um, my next career, so to mm-hmm. speak, was was going to be uh, in the non for profit arena. That's okay. just where I was the most comfortable. Yeah, I, I just wanted to jump ship from for profit. So you I, know what's what's yeah. crazy to me. Um, is working for nonprofits is difficult. You're giving a lot. I feel like your heart is always full, but you're um, you're giving a lot and asking for a lot the whole time. I feel like you're, it's like kind of like a sales thing. It is a to, little to bit, a certain degree. You know? It is. I feel like you're perfect for it. It um, is. And at least from what from what I'm not surprised finding out all of this stuff about you. You know, but what do you think about it from the beginning? Because this is like overwhelming to hear all of these things and you um, support of husband and father and making all this work you know um did you do you did you feel overwhelmed um i i think if you're if you're especially well let's just base it on the past year we've all had and mm-hmm. i think if you're in the non-for-profit arena um and you're doing public work whether it's fundraising community affairs um marketing you know that sort of work um, it, it was extremely challenging, and, and, and it's always been challenging just because there's so many phenomenal non-for-profits in our community that are really all out there working as diligently as hard as yeah. they can for their own clients and their own customers and their own their own organizations. Uh, and so you're, 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 you as a person working for an agency, you're one of many experts out there um, kind of all sharing in what we're all doing for the community. So. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. It's rewarding. You know, I I made the decision early on that um, I will, you know, I will never have the biggest house on the street Mm -hmm. and I'll never have the most expensive car. Mm -hmm. But I can get up in the morning knowing that I'm truly making a difference for somebody. Yeah. You know, and that's in my mind uh, is sort of been my platform and really what I've decided to do 20 plus years now ago. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's insane. Like, so. Have you ever, um, I mean, okay, so you also are a fantastic event planner. Like, Thank you. 
That's I, my passion, sort I of. I think like, yeah. be, okay, so I love that um, on the side of all this, you're like, yes, and also you plan these events that are phenomenal. So has that always been a part of your uh, professional profile? Yeah, it, it has. I mean, you know, I joke, we joke about this with friends all the time or, um, you know, when I was young and, and in high school, I had aspirations of being a quote unquote artist, you know, and you are an artist. First of all, what um, event planning is, is well, that's, exactly. that's your art. So, yeah. so that's what happened. You know, I, I had parents back in the eighties and nineties that were, you know, you know, that's a great hobby. But what are you going to do to make a living? Yeah. You know, and, and not that that was bad or they were wrong, but um, so so obviously I opted for a marketing degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going into doing what I do now, I tell people it's sort of my artistic outlet. Yeah. It allows me to still be artsy and still be creative and come up with these, you know, color schemes and ideas for themes and and way the way things I know the way I want them to look or are and, and, and I have a phenomenal team now too. I'm so lucky that thinks about things a lot of the same way I do. Mm-hmm. So we're able to work together and really create these fun and cool and creative um, approaches uh, to fundraising events that that have worked well. I must say um as you make them really fun. A lot of times people feel obligation to be a part of things like that. Right. But not when it comes with you and when you're behind it. No, no. I it, mean, it shouldn't be an obligation. Yeah. No, it's not. But so many of the, I mean, so so many can be the yeah. reality of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And not at all. So what is the one, what's your next one coming up? So I'm working now with uh, the president. His, his name is Joe um, Garandola of the Sensei Art Academy. Mm-hmm. And we've met a couple times. Um, and nothing is firmed up yet, but our idea for this year as well, and we're looking probably in October, is to have a student project at CAA um, that will create tactile art exhibits. Okay, what so does that mean? Be, they can be touched and felt. Okay. So tactile for someone who's visually impaired is extremely important. Yeah. Um, and so we are talking about creating uh, these tactile art exhibits or art pieces and then in October, coming together probably at the agency and doing some kind of reception cocktail party to preview these these artworks, pieces of work mm-hmm. um, that'll be raffled off. They'll be auctioned off. Wow! And so it'll be a great partnership between CAA and CABVI, and hopefully that's again something that we could sustain every year and make it a yearly event. Um, again, open to the public to just really show and educate people on um, those with a visual impairment. And now kind of bringing in the arts side of it as well. Yeah. So we're kind of stoked about that one too. That's huge. Back to that creative, fun. Yeah, I'm really, like you're such yeah, an artist It's going to be cool. Sure. It's, it's, it's going to be really cool if um, if we're able to do it. So, you know, everybody stay tuned for seeing information on that as well. So in, in your experience now in your um, at the CABVI, um, did you have, um, to put it, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody by saying this, but did you have any experience working with blind or visually impaired people before? No. And how does that kind of change your no. work environment? Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I have family members. Mm-hmm. I think most of us have some family member that has had um, or has some visual impairment mm-hmm. at some level. So I came in with that little bit of very, very little bit of background into the organization and, and have learned so much over the past five years. I mean, the bottom line is it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Their level of independence and the um, the work and the, and the team camaraderie that, that continues to flourish there um, 
has has been just fantastic and it, mm-hmm. it's literally just been going from one um non for profit to help deliver that mission to another one so so it's been great it's yeah. been fantastic you're yeah. so, you're so wonderful yeah. i'm just like you're you have such a heart no thank you you know and you wear it on your sleeve i try yeah, yeah sure. that that i do you yeah. really do not always good but that okay. i do <laughs> it's just cuz you're like get your heart broken a lot yeah. right yeah. Get your feelings hurt um so tell me more about when you were an adjunct professor yeah. What is this at Cincy State? So that really started when I was in grad school. So um, I was a part-time grad student at UC in their communications department. Mm-hmm. And um, the full-time students at the time uh, were also required to teach as a grad student. Really? Yeah. Wow, so they, that is amazing curriculum. Yeah, if it, only that still happens. I don't know if it does or doesn't, but um, I wasn't. I was one of the few part-timers. No way. I, I um. I once I once heard a quote that's the best way to learn something is to teach it to somebody yeah. else. But a part timer, so you were a part time student. I was or... part time student. Okay, so I was part time student. So I didn't have the same requirements. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to take on class a class load to mm-hmm. teach as part of the program. So, um, but I had uh, my professor who I really who really adored. She said it still would be a great opportunity for you in this area if you have that opportunity. So I started looking. Uh, and and ended up at Cincinnati State as a part-time adjunct. So um, for years, and, and I kept doing it for probably eight to ten years, um, I taught one class a quarter. At the time, they were on quarters. That shows my age. Now they're on semesters. But I taught one class a quarter, and typically it was public speaking. <gasps> so it, it fell right into my – Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll you more. Public speaking, obviously, it was my favorite yeah. class well, yeah, ever and yeah, thrived yeah. for sure. So tell me yeah. more about that. And you'd be surprised how many it isn't. And so, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> because people like you and I are like, oh, this – I can – this is – I aced this class. I know. Like, easy you know, peasy. Yeah. Give me chemistry or trig. Yeah, no, not so much. Um, <laughs> economics, yeah, no. But uh, public speaking, yeah. Um, it, but it, that, that was an eye-opener, too, because, you know, when I – early on when I started teaching and just – these 20, 25 uh, learners in front of you that the majority of them were petrified. Yeah. And it was, it was, you know, they would say, they would say things like, you know, this was my last class here because I waited till the very end to have oh to take God. it. And my last class, like I said, at Xavier was economics. I'm mm-hmm. like, literally, that was my last class. I did it as a summer course for six <laughs> weeks so I could get through it. And so that part was always just really surprising to me. Um, but it was great. And, I, you know, I've even talked to my wife about getting back into it now that our kids are grown. Yeah. And kind of out there on their own because it was one of those, in my mind, it was sort of my fun outlet. Yeah. Because it was something I felt like I had something to contribute to, to these learners and um, a lot of which were adults. Mm-hmm. You know, Cincinnati State really caters to that part-time or even full-time adult learner as well as the traditional learner. Yeah. And so I really liked that about that about that college as well. And so um, that was the amazing part. So I, you know, every quarter... I would have 20, 25 people that were from vast arrays of love life mm-hmm. and life experience. Uh, and so it was it was great. I mean, I, I had a great time and uh, I re- I learned a lot. I, I think uh, I tried to make it as fun and as um, easy as I could. Yeah. But but it's still just really I still smile because it's really surprising to me about those kind of classes for a lot of people, how uncomfortable it truly is. Yeah. And I just don't get that. I just. I don't get it. I don't get it. Have you ever had to fail anyone? Uh, I mean, there has been, but it's only due to like not showing up. Not showing up. up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I always thought the same exact thing. Like I, I would tell people, like, I'll do it for you. I'll do it. I mean, I'll help you. I don't understand. Why? I know. I know. Do you have a moment? Um, what were you going to say? No, 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 nothing. Um, I remember the first um, public speaking class I ever went into. I was so excited for this. And I went into this class. Um, I don't think I could take any of my freshman year, but my sophomore year I was able to. At UC, I went to UC as well. And I stayed after class, the very first class, and asked my professor, so how do you become a professional speaker like in life? Like, how do I do this? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I want to be a professional speaker. And he was like, well, there are so many different avenues you can do. And I was like, teach me the ways, tell me everything. This is, I need to talk for a living. And it's crazy now. I'm having a full circle moment here. Like, I know. obviously, this I know, is what see? I do, but I love it so, 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 so yeah. much. So, I, say, I say exactly the same thing, and I've always said the same thing. So, have you had moments when you were um, teaching people and you like watch students come out of their shell by the end? Oh, yeah. I mean, almost without doubt, almost <laughs> at least one or two every quarter. Yeah. That, you know, their very first, you know, two minute, one minute speech that they're, you know, you time them in, you critique and, and they're in front of their classmates. And, um, and and by 10 weeks in, nine weeks in, you hopefully see just a huge difference if you're doing your job. And, mm-hmm. and in most instances, um, it, it truly it truly was amazing most of the time. Yeah. Oh, it was cool. That's it was so way, cool. It was cool. You're yeah. inspiring me. Cool. I'm like, I, I, would, know. I would love I know. to do that. That is that is the coolest thing. It is. And so in your in your vast professional career now, do you do a lot of public speaking? Well, yeah. I mean, again, my job is really all about building relationships yeah. and communication. That's really what it is, the, the majority. Can you give me like a top, what are like three easy off the cuff um, tips you can give in doing that? And if- you know, the, the 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 things I still tell everybody are make sure that you're pronunciating everything correctly. Okay. The second thing is it is a wives' tale that if you look above people's heads, if you're nervous, uh, that's okay. It's not because people can tell that you're looking above their head. You're not looking in their eyes. And I don't know where that ever started from. Um, and then I think the third thing is be your true self. I yeah. mean, that comes through. Don't if you if you're doing public speaking, like for a class, for example, and you have an opportunity to, to choose a topic, don't choose something that sounds cool because you think it would be cool, but you have no idea what it is or no experience in it or no passion for it. Mm-hmm. But you just grabbed it and thought it would be a great topic. Okay. You know, pick something that's relevant um, to what you like what you enjoy what you're passionate about what you agree with Mm -hmm. um not something that you have no clue because that will make it that much harder to try to sell that to somebody that you're talking to do you remember some of the first um speeches that you gave when you were younger oh gosh no i you know we i the only one that comes to mind and that was way way long time ago is one of the speeches one of the topics we had to do was a demonstration speech Uh uh-huh and that was just part of the curriculum. And Tell me you did a science project. No, I didn't. <laughs> but no, I didn't. And what I did was, and again, not a great choice. And you'll know why, just because I did how to pop popcorn. Okay. How did you so, teach that in a class? I used an air popper. Oh. And so, but think about when you turn an air popper on. It's really loud. It is really loud. It is really loud. Um, so that's the one that really kind of sticks out in my mind still after all these years was doing that demo speech. Uh, mm. Yeah, and really coming up with Because you want to try to think of something fun, and then you can share the popcorn, and everybody thinks it's great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, then as a newbie to, the, to, that, to that talent, and you have to – all of a sudden you're, you have to go up 
really high in volume. Mm -hmm. And then does it sound like I'm yelling at people as I'm trying to overtalk this popcorn popper? But um, <laughs> that one's that one I remember. That one I remember. So, yeah. Wow. So you've had so many life experiences. So I always, and now it's become a part of my thing here. I've had like 63 jobs. Can you tell, can you count how many jobs you've had? Um, I, yeah, I probably can count actually on both hands. Um, because I'm gonna say all these jobs that I've that I have read off here, you've stayed at them for six years, eight years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you were at each one for a long time, really yeah. invested. And yeah. then did you just keep like moving up? It seems like you know, um, moving around. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, yeah, moving around. I mean, I you know, I try to give it my all, and until it's, you you know, when it's time. Yeah, you kind of know when it's time. Definitely. You know, and, and I think the challenge is when when individuals don't realize that it's time, and then they're still there. Yeah. I would say I, I try. I try to be real with myself and get to the point where, okay, I've done what I can do here. I've learned what I can learn. Mm-hmm. I've contributed what I can contribute, and maybe it's time for a new challenge. Wow! So. Do you ever do any professional consulting? No. Just like Aaron, will you be my life no, coach? No. For oh real? no, that's no. You don't want me. You be do my mentor. A, you do not want me as a life coach. Oh my God! Yeah. Stop. No. Can no. I ask, can I ask you about bartending? Because I know in passing once you said that yeah. you bartended, and I did too for a long time. So I've always had. Real jobs, quote unquote, real jobs during the day, and then bartended at night. And to be honest, bartending was always the consistent that like supported my life. I feel like, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. My mis- you know, it was, it was, it was a couple years here and there. It was always a part time thing too. Uh-huh. You know, I had a full time job, small children at the time, so I would bartend one night or two nights a week, pretty yeah. much for the tips. It was kind of that back to that adjunct kind of idea. To, for me, it was a fun outlet. Yeah. Because again, I get to banter with people and yeah. have these conversations. You need to be talking. I know. I yeah, really do. I'm the same I way. Really I've got to be expressing. I yeah. I do. And um, so that it was it was a fun thing for me. Mm-hmm. And then you know, life 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 interrupts and children get older and you have some other commitments and so it kind of fell to the wayside, just yeah. like teaching did. You know, it, you kind of have real life for a few years and yeah. now I'm to the point where I can. You know, maybe venture out and do something a little different, like like DJing, like I've told you. you know? I know, but so I'm saying, like, I think um, you have to do. Maybe you should start a podcast or something. I know. Now people have told me that. Yes, I think you'd be really good at. It. And and honestly, as someone who now that I'm learning all this about you, if I'm not speaking and expressing, like I am not me, and I will go in a depressive hole, and I it's just it's not good for me. It's right. not good. It's not good for anybody around. Right. If I am like sitting alone in my house, like I, know. I can't. I cannot do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. podcasting I found is a really, really great way to express, especially because there's freedom, complete and ultimate freedom. Like on this podcast, I could say the F word if I wanted to. Some of them I do get pretty raunchy. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. But uh, but it's so much fun. You can do whatever you want. We you know? love raunching that. And <laughs> we do. That, that's the be- that's the best kind of Natalie oh my God, there really? is. Could I tell you because raunching that I'm always like I represent all these amazing organizations. Like I cannot be raunching that, know, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yes, I mean it's it's incredibly it's it um, my favorite liberating. Thing. Yes, it really is. Like let me just tell you, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, you know, I've talked. I mean, I've you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about this whole. If I had to do it over again or my next life, I I, I want to be a, a radio DJ. And, and I truly do mean that. Really? And um, I've always said, although I, I would love to be like, you know, like a Howard Stern, like one of these shock DJ kind of yeah. things. To your point where wouldn't it just be fantastic to get on air and just say whatever whatever you want to say yes you know and I, and I i and sometimes i just sit back and imagine like what shows i could have like i could have a show on what i hate about drivers 
Yeah. You know, and, you know, uh, you know, that could be a that could be a huge topic where, you know, kind of like from the mouth of Aaron, like, do you know what I did this morning? You know, yeah. Don't text while you're sitting at a traffic light. Yeah. You know, please move when you're supposed to. Please mm-hmm. don't drive 55 in the high speed lane. <laughs> you know, I, I could just go on for hours about that topic, for example. Yeah. So I always think, like, what other topics could I have that people could call in? They could give their opinions on, you know, maybe we argue a little, maybe we agree a little. Um, but, you know, maybe it gets a little raunchy, gets a little off color. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my ideal, my ideal setting. <laughs> oh, my God. It would. Seriously, it would. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. I'm yeah. like, how can I help this happen for you? I don't because know. I think that it will be like I never really like thought about being in radio or anything. I never had like a clear vision of yeah. it. Right. So yeah. I, sometimes I like talk to people like you and I'm like, oh, man, I'm so lucky because. Um, I'm so lucky that this job came into my life. It's perfect, but I never like sought out being in radio, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But now I can't imagine my life without it. I know. And it's like I'm like a whole new like. Oh my god, I don't struggle with life anymore. It was so hard for me before to be able to support myself doing what I love. Well, right. You know. Right, yeah. We need to help. We need. We need to make this happen. I know. I know. And, and I've thought about it for a long time. <laughs> I. Th- I think it really came from again in my world with what I do, and and again how you and I met and working with you. I've had so much interaction over the past 15, 20 years with radio celebrities, TV people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just has sort of been part of what I do and who in who I work with and chatter with and ask for favors, et cetera, that that's really kind of where my intrigue came from mm-hmm. and, and where my interest. And then it can just kind of continues to grow. Um, the more I'm around, you know, a radio studio and, you know, I now have that opportunity at CABVI because we have a radio reading services program. Um, and so we have four state of the art radio studios over there. And that actually, that, that whole area is part of my team as well. So that that's allowed me to do a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I probably need to find time to do a lot more because, you know, they're all, we are always looking for volunteers to read, you yeah. know, on air. And so that is, is kind of um, sparked even more initiative or, you know, more excitement in me too, just yeah. being in that environment off and on as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of where it comes from. So can you, um, so do you guys have an, like a full functioning radio? Do you have like a radio station? Yes. Well, we don't have our own station. We have, um, so our radio reading services program, mm-hmm. if someone is in need of our program, they can request a radio tuner. So it only goes to our broadcast okay. um, and they can listen 24 oh. seven. And, and so we, uh, are so lucky to have a huge amount of volunteers, um, 500 plus, that literally come in uh, or do it from their home now because because of the pandemic. Um, but will come into our studios over here on Gilbert, and uh, they maybe uh, have read for years the Wall Street Journal or okay. People Magazine or the Cincinnati Enquirer or the Kroger ads, and so all of those all of those articles and magazines and periodicals, etc., um, are recorded edited and then they go on to our broadcast 24 7. uh we do some live shows so mm-hmm. we have a couple you know we'll do interview shows if there's an author in town um mm-hmm. that we invite to come in and stop in the agency we we've had that an opportunity off and on in the past um so it, it, it we can do both you know we can do pre-recorded as well as live uh stuff up there at the, you know up there in the studios oh cool yeah. it is it is way cool yeah wow when you were little uh what did you listen to Oh, Q1, you know, I've listened to Q102 for years. Really? Yeah, honestly. honestly. Do you remember Mark Sebastian saying, yes. I want to see you naked? Uh, no, I remember Mark Sebastian, but I don't remember that. Well, yeah. 
Wait, is it was it Mark Sebastian? I'm not sure. Was that his name? Or am I getting oh, Mark no, Mark, uh, no. Mark Sebastian? Yeah. 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 And was it him? People still ask me that. He would say, um, at the end of his show, like, I want to see you naked. Oh no, I don't remember that. Yeah. But yeah, I I've listened to Q102 for a long time. No way. Long time. So was that kind of um inspiring for you to be on radio, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Again, I think just the whole the whole medium has always interested me. Yeah. And and the whole um you know, I've always said, you know, I'm better suited for radio than TV. I don't have TV looks. Stop it. Shut up. Oh, my God. So that's kind of been an ongoing joke, too. Like, I'm much better suited for radio than I am for TV. <laughs> to but... be honest, radio life is really comfortable. You know, you can yeah, still live see? life. You know, uh-huh. I don't have to worry about it. My friends who are on who are on the news are like, I mean, they have to look perfect all the time. And exactly. The older you get, you exactly. age out. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, fuck. I know. Yeah. So you can be 70 and be a DJ and no one really knows. That's right. And sweatpants. That's right. Eating cheeseburgers all day. That's right. Life. I know. Um, you know, it's funny you brought up um, Howard Stern because as a kid, I was just obsessed with MTV and Howard Stern. Right. And I never put them together. Like, I wanted to be in radio, but I was just, like, obsessed with music all and I freaking would stay up really late and watch Howard Stern by I myself I know. every night. I know. I did, too, when it was on. You're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I just, I love that show. Yeah. He uh, he definitely, he definitely is, Um, uh, I mean, he's still on, you yeah. know, and he could still do it. Yeah. I feel like. Um, there's a girl I went to high school with who was on the Kid Craddock show for 15 years, if you know what that is. No, I don't know what it was until so yeah. she was on it. She's okay. like a famous, she's super famous now. Radio gal. Oh, okay. You know, um, it was pretty cool. Well, so like now moving into um, this next phase of life, you know, like I feel like we need to get you in some some of these hobbies, you know. Hey. I just feel like I hear you and I see you. I need you. Know? you. I need your help. I keep telling you that. Um, well, we should. I'm like listening. I'm like I'm getting so. Um, you are so inspiring, and I'm sure that you've been so. Like such, I can imagine you were the best teacher ever. Like my, hold on, can I, and also, so my mom has a taxia, right? Right. And I've been wanting to really dive in more into the taxia world and somehow do some fundraising within that or whatnot. And I um, hadn't really, didn't have a lot, I didn't have a regular presence of um, people with disabilities, people living with disabilities in my life until her disease is progressing. And now we're in the support group when I'm around, and I'm around all the time, and I freaking love it. And I just want to help, obviously, and get everybody yeah. in a wheelchair and get a, help everybody as much as possible. And um, I don't really know. I'm just thinking, like, we should collaborate on something. Hey. Right hey. You know, like I said to you when I come in, we're literally a minute away from each other. So, I know. Yeah. Man. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my gosh. No. This has been so much fun. I, I love learning more and more about you. You're coming back. Hey. Okay? Have me back. Any, you want me back, I'll come back. Okay. Uh, I love to talk, obviously. Oh, my gosh. Well, Aaron Blay, uh, what, how can people find you and get in touch with the CABVI? You know, again, uh, visit our website. You know, uh, you can find me through that, uh, Cincinnati Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. We're right here on Gilbert Avenue, right around the uh, corner from the studio. Um, I, would, I would love to hear from you. You oh can just God. link with me right through there. Well, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. No, thank you. Seriously. Oh, my God. Okay. This is, this is perfect. See, don't you just love him? Don't you just want to get a cup of coffee or get a drink with Aaron and just talk about life for hours and hours and hours? Man, Aaron Bly, thank you so much for joining us. If you if you would like to find out any more about the Cincinnati Association for the Blind or Visually Impaired, you can check out cabvi.org. 
true, true friends of mine. I couldn't be more proud to be with them. Now, also for those local here, the Dining in the Dark event is happening this year, 2021, on November 20th at the Hard Rock Casino. We will see you there. Again, everybody else, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Personal Interest with me, Natalie Jones. Like, share, subscribe, do all those things. And whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud, babes. Stay fly, stay rad. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.